And welcome to Reim Ahuvim. This is Rabbi Yitz Greenfield. I miss marriage and family therapy. I am so happy you are joining me today. Either live on Thursday. Yes, that's how you know it's live. If I say it's live, it's live. What is today? Today is Thursday, Rosh Chodesh Kislev. Could you imagine? Like, like Hanukkah is already here. We're still dancing with the Sefer Torah on, 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 on Simchas Torah. And Hanukkah is like right around the corner. Time flies. Wow, this time fly. Rosh Chodesh. Yes. You know, it's actually interesting. This Rosh Chodesh is actually the Rosh of the Chalodik Chodesh, also December 1st, right? The, 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 the secular Chodesh. But obviously, what's most important is that it's Rosh Chodesh Kislev. Rosh Chodesh Kislev. We, what, what do we do today for those of you who davened this morning? For all of us who davened this morning, we said Hallel. What that is basically is thanking HaKadosh Baruch Hu for everything. Thank you, Hashem. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we have more of all the good. To thank Hashem. Thank Hashem especially for your Shalom Bayis. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, those of you who listen to me, those who don't usually listen to me, you started listening to me, I'm telling you, you have to thank Hashem for your Shalom Bayis. It's really all Hashem. You have to thank Hashem. Say, thank you, Hashem. Thank you, Hashem, for Shalom Bayis. It's funny, because, and by the way, I'm not talking about this today, but it just, it just entered my mind. So many times I see couples where there's just so many challenges. They have so many challenges besides their marriage. It's not their marriage that's being challenged. It's everything else that's going on around them, whether it's finances, whether it's health, whether it's the kids, whether it's that they're moving, whether it's that they're not moving. And there's so much going on, and that leads to machlokah. So we have to thank Hashem that He does not give us all these challenges. And if, and if you feel like you are so, 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 so challenged, to dive into Hashem to take away those challenges. And to provide us with the shalom bayis, so we have to thank Hashem for that. For those of you who knew our who are new listeners, here's what do we do: we try to help empower and motivate you to connect or possibly reconnect with your spouse using different skills and tools, which are really all based from the Torah. There's no question about it. That you know, I definitely speak about. Um, therapeutical, psychological, and different skills and tools. But at the end of the day, I have to say, I'm telling you this, it's really, if you take a look in the Torah, it's really, I, I really feel it all stems from the Torah. It all stems from the Torah. This week's parsha is such an amazing parsha. It's another great parsha to learn. So many, or I should say, one, I say so many, we really could go on and on and learn many, many skills and tools from this week's parsha. But I want to focus on one or two of them. And that is the, 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 whole, the whole interaction, the relationship between who? Between Yitzchak Avinu and Rivka Imenu. They're both davening. They're both davening for, for, for children. And then what happens? So what happens is, and this is, this is such an amazing, amazing parsha because it teaches us so much. If you think about it, Rivka had no idea that she was pregnant. I mean, we know, we see the tire. She had no idea that she was pregnant with two. She thought she's pregnant with one. And what happens? What happens is, is she, she, when she passes by a makam Torah, a yeshiva, or a, a place of Kedusha, it seems like the baby wants to come out. And when she passes by a makam of Avodazara, a place that's, right, Avodazara, Tuma, something that's not good, negativity, right? Then what does she feel? She feels the baby wants to come out and she's confused. What's going on? 
And she goes to who? She goes to Yeshiva Shem Ve'ever. She asks, what, what's the story over here with this baby? And then she finds out it's not one baby. It's actually two babies. She has two babies. And who does she have? She has Yaakov and she has Esav. Now, you know, when we talk about Yaakov and Esav, the first thing that should come to our mind is that Yaakov is the epitome of MS and Esav is the epitome of Sheker. And it's not just something that we sort of know. It actually, if you take a look, it's brought down in Tehillim, which is actually... It, I'm saying Tehillim. We say it every day in Uvalatzion. It's quoted from Tehillim, which is quoted from Treyasar. I'm not sure, sure what safer in Treyasar it is. But it, that what? Titain MS le Yaakov, Chesed le Avram. So Yaakov is the epitome of MS. We ask Shem for the MS of, of Yaakov. And the Chesed of Avram, interestingly, by the way, we don't say Yitzchak. We say Titain MS le Yaakov, Chesed le Avram. Yitzchak is more Midas Adin, though there is a, a lot that we, not just obviously, gain from Yitzchak, that we can learn from Yitzchak. Maybe at the end of this class, I'll be able to give you a little snippet of it. Uh, but we know one thing. What do we know? We know that Yaakov is MS. Esav is Sheker, right? Esav, he's the rascal. He's the manipulator. He's the liar. He's the scandal. He's, he's the one who tells his father that makes it as if he's such a big tzaddik and he asks his father how to meister salt and this and that and the other thing. And he has his father thinking he's the biggest tzaddik. But meanwhile, we know that Esav is not a tzaddik. He's a Russia, but not just a Russia. He's devious. He's sheker. He's devious. It's different than just a Russia. Just, there, you know, there are people who are Rishayim. We know they're Rishayim. Then there are people who you, they sort of make a front like they're these really wonderful people. But either you know or you don't know that they're really horrible people. They're really Rishayim. And that was Asa. Asa was like the epitome of that, right? Maybe it goes hand in hand with Lavan. But that was Asa, okay? And Yaakov, on the other hand, he was the epitome of MS. Yoshev be Ohel, he sits in the tent. Truth, right? MS. MS nigga person. He's MS. So I heard this beautiful question. It's funny. I was actually davening, I was davening in Mincha somewhere. And at the end of Mincha, in this particular place that I daven, um, usually there's one person. I'm not going to say the name because we don't want to embarrass anybody here over the air. But I will tell you, after Mincha, he gets up and he says a Dvar Torah. It's such a beautiful thing. After Mincha, it's a small Dvar Torah after Mincha. So he said, over a beautiful question in the name of the Kleisenberger Rebbe. He said, the Kleisenberger Rebbe asks, if Esav was such a manipulator, devious scoundrel of a person through and through, and we know even when he came out, he was like full of hair. He was just like a devious, his deviousness. How come, how was it, how come when he was in Rivka, he was still, right? He wasn't yet born. How come, if he really was the, the ultimate of deviousness, he wanted to, as if to say, come out when he was by the Avodah Zorah? If he's really, really so devious, it's like genetic deviousness, then in a certain sense, he should have made it as if when they pass by the Shul or the Makam Torah, he should have made believe like he wants to go out. If he's really that super devious, genetically possibly, or whatever it is, that he should have made believe that he wants to come out by the shul. Interesting question. It's an interesting question. I mean, you know, from the brink of it, you could say, well, maybe, okay, he wasn't born yet. But on the other hand, we know that it wasn't just that he was devious. He was like, it was like a complete deviousness. So, you know, you can answer Bechira and other things. But I heard, he actually, this person who, who was saying this little Dvar Torah after Mincha, yesterday, yeah, yesterday, 
And in the name of Rav Moshe Meir Weiss, a beautiful thing. He said that HaKadosh Baruch Hu actually intervened over here in a supernatural way where Esav wanted to come out by the Makam Avodah and that Yaakov wanted to come out. Well, obviously Yaakov, no matter what, he wasn't a deviant. Yaakov would want to come out by the Makam Torah. Why? Because it was important for Rivka to know the truth. You hear this? It's such an, in a way, it sounds like, okay, it sounds like a nice answer. Not just a nice answer, a beautiful answer, and I'll tell you why. Because Esav was so devious that he could have fooled his mother. You got he could have fooled his mother. That's what my Shemir was saying. I haven't heard him directly, but I heard Meshavar by Shemir Weiss yesterday that what? He was such a manipulator, such a conniver, he would have fooled everyone. So it was important from, for Rivka to know from the get-go what type of children she has. And uh, that Esau was one way and, and, and Yaakov was the other way. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I, I don't want to like make believe there's no Bechira. They, they had Bechira. There's no question they had Bechira, but they had an Atias one way or the other. They had an Atias. Okay, fine. So now, if you, now let's, go, let's go to the next step here. And I'm, by the way, I, I'm saying this to all of you and I'm happy you're listening. Thank you for listening to me. Um, and hopefully this class and every class that we give helps you help yourself and I, I'm going to get something, something really, really important over here. So those of you who aren't really, you know, we have a big crowd here. A lot of you understand the parasha. Some of you don't understand the parasha. But I'm going to try to make it as simple as possible. And that's like this. I got a question here for you. It's not my question. Chazal's question. I have this question. I just finished saying that Yaakov is the epitome of MS. He's Mr. There's no more MS than Yaakov. He's an MS Yaakov. And Yaakov is the epitome of Sheker. But is that true? Take a look at Yaakov's life. If Yaakov was so MS, and if MS really means truthful, was Yaakov really chose truthful? Think about Yaakov when he, um, th think about Yaakov when, he, later on in his life, when he ended up by Lavan, right? And he wanted to marry Rachel. And instead, they gave him Leah. And finally, he stays there for years and years and years, and then he wants to leave. Did he just pick up and he left? No, he actually did something which you would think is a little bit devious. He sort of slipped out in the middle of the night, not wanting Lavan to know. He sort of slipped out. Well, is that really truthful? That's, if someone's truthful, why doesn't he just go to Lavan and tell him, goodbye, I'm leaving? Interesting question. That's question number one. Question number two. How about when Esav came back one day, I think he came back from the Leviah of Avramavinu, and um, he was really, really hungry. And Yaakov made this lentil soup. And Esav wanted some of the lentil soup. And Yaakov didn't give him the lentil soup. Instead, what he did was, he said to him, I'm going to give you this lentil soup on condition that you sell me your Bechorah. Is that really MS? Is that, isn't that sort of like tricking him into things? It's not really tricking him. Obviously, Yaakov is doing everything that's right. But that doesn't seem like straight. Why isn't he just asking for the Bechor at a different time, not when he has leverage over him? Or question number three. Question number three is this week's parasha, the what? Question number three. Perkhasayin, Pasuk Lamed Beis, where Yitzchak Avinu was going to give the blessings. He was going to give the, the, the brachas to the wrong person. Yitzchak was going to give it to Esau because Yitzchak thought that Esau was the tzaddik. Right? And Rivka got involved, and she told Yaakov to dress up like Esav, 
And then Yitzchak came over to Yaakov because he didn't believe it was it was it was Esav. Call 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 Yaakov, right? So he's like thinking, this is not Esav. This is Yaakov. Let me touch you. And he touched him, and he put this 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 fur on him. And in a certain sense, Yaakov fooled his father. Isn't that true? He fooled his father legitimately. He didn't say to him, "I'm Yaakov." He said to him, "Yeah." So of course, you know, the pasuk says. Take a look at the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, Okay, I am your son, your firstborn Esau. So you could say, well, he was sort of deviating a little bit. He said, I am your son and, and Esau. But at the end of the day, this wasn't straight. This wasn't what we might think is truth. So one second, this doesn't make sense. Here we are saying that Yaakov is the epitome of MS-15, MS-15, Yaakov is MS, MS, MS is Yaakov. But he doesn't seem like Yaakov. It seems like Yaakov actually de- did deviate many times from the truth. Okay. Now, before you jump on this question, before you jump on it, because I know some of you understand really what's going on, we really have to understand. What we have to understand is what does MS really mean? And, and and those of you who are listening to this and thinking this is just a parsha share, this is not because we are. In, I, I'm going to take this to the level of your relationship in your marriage with your husband and your wife, and what does MS mean in our marriages? You know, the word trust is talked about. The word honesty is thrown around in relationships. I, I want to trust you. I want to know that you're being honest with me. I, I know I want you're not lying to me. But on the other hand, sometimes we're not really truthful with our spouses when they'll ask us, well, uh, do I look fat? I mean, like, when do, what are the rules? What are the parameters? How does it work? Don't we have to be MS? Don't we have to be truthful? Well, let's understand. Before we even like tackle this, we really have to understand, what does the word MS mean? You know, we talk about MS. He says MS Lyakov, and we want to follow in Yaakov's path. We want to be MS like Yaakov. What is that word MS? What is that all about? I want to tell you something fascinating. I might have mentioned this on my shows previously a long time ago. I actually heard this from Ephraim Goldman in Eretz Yisrael, and he gave me who he quoted it from someone. I don't have it in my mind right now, but I will say B'Shem Amro, which I heard it from Ephraim Goldman. A beautiful, beautiful word about MS. What is MS? First of all, we have to understand that MS is, MS is so powerful that MS actually stands on two legs. Take a look at the letters, MS, Aleph, Mem, Tuf. Both of you, those of you who knows the Hebrew characters, Aleph has two legs, Mem has two legs, Tuf has two legs. MS will always stand on two legs, as opposed to Sheker. And if you think, think of a Sheker for a second. Think of the Shin. The Shin has one leg. It could sort of fall over both ways. The Kuf, is, it's sort of like, it's got two legs, but it's like not even connected. Resh, also one leg. Sheker doesn't stand. MS will always stand. But there's more about MS. There's much more about MS. And that's like this. MS. If you think about it, MS, the word MS, if you take a look at the gematria. Now, what is gematria? Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. Gematria means the numerical equation of the letters. being Aleph being one, Bez being two, Gimel being three, etc., etc. If you take a look at the word MS, Aleph, Mem, Tuf. Aleph is 1. Mem is 40. Tuf is 400. So the word MS actually has the numerical equation of what? Of 441. So if you're thinking of the word MS, you can think about it in your relationship. You can think about it with your children. You can think about it in, in your business. 
But when you're thinking of the word MS, and we know that Hashem wants us to be MS, you could think 441, or better yet, you could condense the 441, you could take it to 441, which is 4 plus 4 plus 1, which equals the number 9. I know I'm getting a little esoteric over here, but why not? Why not? And, I, you know, I heard this beautiful verse from Ephraim Goldman, so I think I'm going to share it with my audience. I think I did it a very long time ago, but it's worth it now. And uh, like this. What is, is there like some sort of big significance of the, of the number 441? Well, 441 is MS. And interesting, interesting that we see this alluded to in Pasha Shemos. <laughs> Pasha Shemos, Rabbi Greenfield. Why are you flying to Pasha Shemos? I'll tell you why I'm flying to Shemos. Because when Moshe tells Hashem, You want me to come to the Bnei Yisrael? And I should tell them that The God of your, of your forefathers sent me to you. And they will say, What is his name? What will I say? When the Jewish people ask me, What's Hashem's name? Moshe Rabbeinu is telling Hashem, Hashem, you want me to go to the Jewish people. And you want me to tell them that 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 Elokei, he sent. They're going to ask me, what's the name? What's the name of Hashem? What should I say? It says, Mashimo, Ma Omar Aleim, it says here in Parak Gimel, Pasuk Yud Gimel. You know, Pasuk Yud Al, it says, Ve'yomer Elokeim, and Hashem says to Moshe, Ekye Asher Ekye. And remember, I'm not saying it. By the way, though you're listening to me right now, I'm not saying the actual word. You might not realize, but it's one of Akadosh Baruch's names. Ekye, which is Aleph, and then Hey, and then Yud, and then Hey. Asher Ekya, which again is Aleph and then Hey, and then Yud and then Hey. Ekya Asher Ekya. What is Ekya? If you take a look at the word Ekya, again, the gematria of Ekya, Aleph is one, Hey is five, Yud is ten, and Hey is five. What is that? Ekya actually has a numerical equation of 21. But it doesn't say Ekya. When, it, when, when Hashem says, say Ekya, Ekiya, doesn't say Ekiya, it says Ekiya Asher Ekiya. 21, 21. 21 in a numerical, in a numerical sense, it's Ekiya Asher Ekiya. That's the name you should use. Ekiya Asher Ekiya, 21 times 21 in a numerical sense. 21 times 21? What does that happen to do with anything? Well, you know what 21 times 21 equals? It equals 441 which is the numerical equation of MS. So when the Jewish people ask you, who sent, what's the name? You could say, Ekya Asher Ekya. And they will know, those of them who know, that this is an allusion to the MS. This is MS. It's not Moshe Rabbeinu Stam coming, some, some dude coming off, this, coming off and saying, oh, I'm going to help you. No, there's, 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 there's substance over here. It's, he's using a special name of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, Ekya Asher Ekya, which is MS, which is MS. And I'm going to actually go one step further, which I actually heard from Rabbi Fahim. Beautiful, beautiful. And that is, there's more to this numerical significance of 441. Remember, 441 is the gematria of MS. But you know what the power of 441 is? It's the combination of the 4 and the 4 and the 1. And the combination of the 4 and the 4 of the 1, 4 plus 4 plus 1 equals the number 9. The number 9 is a number that represents MS. Really? Number nine, Rabbi Greenfield, what is, what's the significance of number nine? How is it different than number three, number five, number seven, or any other number? Why the number nine? Well, we know something about the truth. You know what we know about the truth? We know that if, someone, if someone's, let's say, brought up in a, in a court in a, as a witness, and you want to find, you know, there's a prosecutor, there's a lawyer, and you want to see the witness, you want the witness to say the truth. 
So you start asking him all sorts of questions to sort of try to try to get him off balance and get him to lie. And you know something? <clears throat> we all know that if you say something that's truthful, even though it sounds so outlandish, so like they say wacky, such a wacky thing, but it's truthful. It really did happen. I, I was driving today. It was the craziest thing. And all of a sudden, out came from a truck a bunch of uh, Super Bowls. It didn't happen. By the way, it didn't happen to me. I'm just telling you. But let's say it was true, right? If you follow the story and just keep on asking, keep on asking questions. If you follow the story, the truth, it's something that starts with the truth will end up with the truth. As wacky as it sounds, if you start with the truth, it'll end up with the truth. But if you lie, you can always, as they say, catch someone on their lie. How do you catch someone on his lie? You keep on asking more questions. And ultimately, you're going to see that the person is contradicting themselves. He's slugging himself up. <laughs> That's the difference between MS and Sheker. MS will stay truthful no matter what. If you start with the truth, it'll end up with the truth. Remember, the number nine we said symbolizes truth. No, I shouldn't say the truth. I should say MS. If you start with the number nine, in a certain sense of the numerical numbers, you end up with the number nine. What am I talking about? Take the number nine, multiply it by anything you like. Take the number nine. What are you thinking? Nine times what? Nine times five? What is nine times five? Nine times five is 45. Simple, right? Multiplication. But remember what I just said. You start with the number nine, you're going to end up with the number nine. Nine times five is 45. What is 45? 45 is the number nine. Four plus five is nine. Whoa, Rabbi Greenfield. Whoa, you're playing games here with me. No, no, no. This is actually Chazal. I heard this from Rafaim Goldman. Take any other number. Nine times three. Nine times three is 27, right? Nine times three is 27. Okay. What is 27? 2 plus 7. 2 plus 7 equals 9. Whoa, you start with the number 9. You get back to that number 9. You want to do one more? Fine. Do one more. 9 times 2. 9 times 2 is what? 18. Oh, 1 plus 8 is 9. This is not a mistake. This is 9, which is the der derivation of 441, which is the gematria of MS. And we see that there's something to this. This is not just stop. There's something really powerful about MS. There's something really, really, really powerful about MS. By the way, I'm giving you single numbers. You could take it to double digits also. I actually can open a calculator with you right now. And it goes deeper and deeper. I just don't have time right now. But I will tell you. Here, let's see if I can open a calculator. As I'm on the air over here. Yes. 9 times 11. Okay? 9 times 11 is 99. What is 99? 9 plus 9 is 18. 18 is 1 plus 8 is number 9. You get back to that number 9. You don't believe me? You could do 9 times 13. 9 times 13 is 117. 117 is 1 plus 1 plus 7, which is again the number 9. You see how the number 9 sort of just gets back to itself? Truth? If you stick from the truth, it's true throughout. If you take a look at the word MS, what is the word MS? It's the first letter of the Aleph base, the last letter of the Aleph base, and the middle letter of the Aleph base. MS, because it encompasses all, right? And what's Sheker? Sheker is not. Kufration. It's three, it's not, it doesn't encompass anything. It's just like sort of trying to, you know, the best lies are based on truth. Well, yeah, it's based on some sort of truth, but it, it'll topple over. It'll just simply topple over. MS is, is one of the most powerful things in, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us, is MS. And we have to carry ourselves in an emistic fashion throughout. The question, though, we had is, what do you mean, Yaakov Avinu, he's MS, then how come I showed you three ways where he was, didn't seem to be MS, didn't seem to be honest, at least. 
He wasn't saying the truth, doesn't seem to at least, when he was slipping out from Lavan's household or when he was like sort of getting Asav, using leverage against him in the case of the Bechora or let's say the or let's say in our week's Pasha when he said to, to he, he dressed up like Asav and he told his father that, that, that you know, and he bin Chayisav Bechorecha, which, okay, you could, you could sort of like interpret that into the truth, but legitimately it wasn't, doesn't seem that he's being truthful. So we're making a very big mistake. And let me tell you the mistake we're making. The mistake that we're making is that we're thinking that MS means truth and Sheker means lie. But that's not the MS. Rav Dessler speaks about this. And Rav Dessler speaks about this. He says, people make a mistake. They think that MS is true and that Sheker is lie. That's not what it is. MS is doing the right thing and Sheker is doing the wrong thing, or saying the right thing and saying the wrong thing. That's the difference between MS and Sheker. MS is doing the right thing in a Kaddish Baruch's eyes. When I say doing the right thing, I'm not saying whatever feels right. Oh, I'm just not going to tell my wife what I did last night because uh, otherwise I'm going to get in trouble. Ooh, okay, one second, one second. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a Kaddish Baruch who wants, what Hashem wants. MS means doing the right thing in Hashem's eyes, or doing the wrong thing in Hashem's eyes. And that's what Yaakov was. Yaakov probably had the biggest challenge doing the things that he did. And that was his Nesayim because he was a person just the truthful. And the truth of the matter is, Midvar Sheker Terchav. I don't want to make believe when I'm talking just about you. Even I mentioned Rav Dessler. And I believe Rav Dessler says this himself, that the theme has to be truth. That's the theme. And we should not, Midvar Sheker Terchav. We have to try to be as truthful as we can. We tell our children to be honest, to be truthful. And that has to be the theme, not manipulative. That's not the theme. Generally, I would say 95% of the time, right? Maybe I, I shouldn't give you a percentage. But most of the time, we have to be truthful with our spouse, with our child, with ourselves, with our Rebbe, with, our, with, with, with the Rebbe, with the, with the Chacham, with the business partner, with everybody. But sometimes, sometimes, we, Hashem doesn't want us to be truthful. Yes, sometimes Hashem doesn't want us to be truthful. Sometimes Hashem wants us to possibly deviate a little bit from the truth because that's Ratz and Hashem. What am I talking about? Let me tell you what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the classical case where your wife says to you, well, your wife works really, really hard for the Shabbos and she makes the chicken and, um, you know, and she likes a certain type of chicken. She makes the chicken the way she likes it. And you don't like the chicken. She says to you, how do you like the chicken? And you know good and well if you're going to say to her, I don't like it. I don't like the chicken. That's going to hurt her feelings. That's not Ratzon Hashem. That's not Ratzon Hashem. Or if your husband, let's say, you're at a Sheva Brachas. And they ask your husband to speak. They say a couple of words of Torah. And your husband speaks on the sh by the Sheva Brachis. And you know what? Your husband maybe, he just, he was, it was an off day. He didn't really speak that great. And you were even a little bit embarrassed with what he was saying. You didn't think it was appropriate. And later on, your husband comes to you and says to you, well, how did I speak? And if you could be, as they say, brutally honest, which you're thinking is MS, which is not true, you're going to say to him, actually, you didn't speak that well. It was pretty embarrassing for me. That's going to hurt his feelings. That's not Ratzon Hashem. If you're still doubting this, think about Pasha's Chayasar. We said this last week. Where HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself told Avram Avinu, right? When Sarah was laughing, 
And why was she laughing? She's saying, My master is old. I can't have any more children. My master is old. I'm not saying she did something bad. I was talking about Sari Menu. We have no idea of who Sari Menu was. But for whatever reason it is, that statement was not what Avram Avinu needed to hear. Okay? And therefore, Akash Baruch changed it to Vaniza Kanti, that I became old. So Akash Baruch But what do you mean? Don't you have to be truthful? Well, you see Hashem, right? <laughs> because that's not what MS is. MS is doing the right thing, not hurting people's feelings, etc., etc. And that's what, that's what Yaakov was. And that's why Yaakov did what was right. What was right for him when he was by love and was to sneak out. Because if he would not have snuck out, there would have been a big problem. And he made that cheshman. It's a cheshman that we can't make. He made that cheshman. What was right for Yaakov Avinu was he realized that the Bechor really belonged to him. And that here was his chance to get the Bechor in a legitimate technical way. Ah, he was using leverage against his brother because his brother was very hungry, and maybe you think that was manipulative. No, that was the right thing to do. Oh, but it wasn't truthful? No, it was truthful. And you know what? That was the right thing to do at that point. That was the right thing to do, and he was doing the MS. And similarly, in this week's Pasha, when we talk about that Yaakov Avinu made believe, let's not play games here. Let's not, well, he didn't. He made believe that he was Esau. Yes, he made believe. But that was not Sheker. That was MS. That was MS. Why was it MS? Because that's what needed to be done. He trusted his mother. He knew that his mother knows best. And even though for him it was probably so, 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 so hard, but that was the MS. That was the MS. And now it happens to be, it happens to be that he was the Bukhar because this Bukhar was sold. Okay, so he was the Bukhar. But forget about that for a second. That was the MS to do. So even though, yes, he impersonated Asaph, let's not. You know, let's not go to like a point, oh, he didn't impersonate him. No, he didn't. No, he impersonated Esau. No question about it. But you know what? That was the MS. That's what Akash Baruch wanted him to do at that point, to impersonate Esau. And he got the brachis because the brachis really belonged to him. So, I mean, at the end of the day, he really was truthful also. But the point of the matter is, it's not about truthful. It's about MS. Now, when I say it's not about truthful, I don't mean that we should walk around thinking of devious ways and plans of how to, how to relate to our husbands and our wives. No, 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 no. Generally, the theme has to be be honest, be truthful, be real. But there are exceptional cases where HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't want us to do that. Hashem wants us to possibly not, you know, I don't like the word lie. No, no, that's not lying. It's protecting our spouse. So if I would tell my spouse, no, actually the soup is way too salty this, this, this Shabbos, and my spouse would feel really hurt by that because she worked very hard on the soup, and she would feel that, so that's not the MS. What Hashem wants me to do is possibly to say, oh yeah, the soup is good, the soup is good. Now, we're going to talk about, <laughs> okay, before we talk about how to do this, the question is when to do this. When do you cover up? When do you deviate from the truth? When is MS a deviation from the truth? When is truth brutal? When is it that if we would say the truth, it becomes very, very brutal? Is there a way to classify it? Is there a way to structure it? Is there a way in our minds with your husbands, with your wives, to know when, when, what's the exception to the rule? If the rule is to be honest and truthful, what is the exception? Is there a rule? Is there some sort of pattern? So here's, here's what I think it is like this. I should discuss it with some people, and they, they, they agree, so like this. You see, when you're deviating from the truth in a relationship, 
what you're really doing, if you think about it, is you're hiding some sort of negativity. There's some sort of negativity that you're trying to hide. That's what, that's what you're doing. You're hiding negativity. Either you're hiding real negativity or you're hiding perceived negativity. Let me explain you. If your wife asks you, um, if your wife, your wife asks you, how do you like the soup, right? And now you know she worked hard on the soup, and you know she has no idea that she put way too much salt in it, and you know good and well if you tell her it's way too salty, it's disgusting, then you know that's going to hurt her feelings. So let's think about a second. Why is it that in that case, the MS is to tell her, oh, yeah, the soup is good, when you know you're going to hurt her feelings? Why is that? Why is that like that? Why? Because what's going on is you're, you're covering up. What are you covering up? You're covering up either the fact that she put too much salt in the soup, which is exposing her negativity. So instead of exposing her negativity and being brutally honest, you're covering up the negativity or you're covering her perceived negativity because let's say it's completely not her fault. Let's say we're talking about chicken and you happen to not like, uh, you happen to not like a certain sauce she used in the chicken. So she used a certain barbecue sauce on chicken. You don't like barbecue sauce. She says, how's the chicken? So in a certain sense, it's all in her head. You could just tell her, oh yeah, the chicken, I don't like it. But it's going to hurt her feelings. Why is it going to hurt her feelings? Because maybe in her mind, she'll perceive it as negative. She'll think like, you know, maybe I should have asked you. I didn't ask you. I wasn't thinking. And you don't want to expose any negativity. And it's perceived because at the end of the day, you're going to say, what's wrong? I, I mean, she didn't do anything. Why can't I, can I just tell my wife I don't like the chicken today? I just don't like it. Is it going to hurt her feelings? Is she going to feel really horrible about it? I could tell you one thing. At that point, when she asks you, do not, do not, do not tell her I don't like the chicken if it's going to hurt her feelings because it's going to expose a perceived negativity in her mind. In her mind, it's negative that she didn't do the right barbecue sauce. She'll perceive it as negativity. Maybe it'll affect her self-esteem. Same thing with your husband. If your husband says to you, how did you like my Dvar Torah? How did you like my Dvar Torah? And you feel that this week's Dvar Torah wasn't such a great Dvar Torah. For the reason is, it was fine, but you didn't really like it. There's nothing wrong. He always speaks so nicely. So why can't you just tell him, this week I didn't really like, whatever, you usually better the other weeks. Don't say that to him. It's going to hurt his feelings. But what do you mean? It's, his neg it's perceived negativity. So when it comes to somebody else's negativity, not only do you not cover up, not only do you prevent yourself from saying the brutal truth, and what you have to do is cover up because you don't want to hurt their feelings. And that's what the MS is in that particular case. In that particular case is to say to your husband, yeah, it was nice for Torah, or yeah, you spoke very nicely, or whatever it is, and he gets it, you get it, you move on. The chicken's fine, it's fine. And now, I, I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something. For those of you who are so like stuck into the truth and you have to say the truth, I am telling you right now, you want to say nothing? Maybe say nothing. But if you're going to tell your wife that the soup is disgusting or the soup is way too salty this time or that she didn't prepare well or she wasn't on time or that she looks fat or that anything. And it, it, it's the truth. It's the truth. That's brutal. That's what it is. It's brutal. And it's not MS. It's not MS. I don't want you to think it's MS. It's brutal. It's neged on Hashem. It's what Rav Desler says. That's not MS. That's even can be considered a sheker. That what? You're not doing what Hashem wants you to do. You're not doing what Hashem wants you to do. And it's very, very important to remember that. MS, the bottom line here is MS is not about the truth. MS is about Ratzon Hashem. What's the right thing to say? Generally, I could tell you at least 90% of the time, the right thing to say is the truth. Maybe even 95%. The right thing to say the truth. Say the truth. 
Where were you? How come you came late? I was stuck in traffic. If you weren't stuck in traffic, be honest about it. Say the truth. Say the truth. But there are some times that you want to protect your spouse. You're not protecting yourself. That's when not only sometimes you could cover up, sometimes you should cover up. So if it, the question is, how do you like the food? How do you like this? Or how do I look like? And this type of thing. I say, yeah, you look fine. Now, I, I want to say something before you jump on me here. I want to say something, another thing, very important thing. That's like this. In those cases, don't completely deviate from the truth. And the reason for that is because if you completely deviate from the truth, you're also going to hurt your wife's feelings. If you're going to tell your wife about the chicken, she could tell you don't like it because you're not even eating it. You're leaving some on your plate. And she's asking, she's asking, oh, what's the matter? You don't like my chicken? And you know if you're going to tell her, yeah, I don't like it, and she's going to be really hurt. She's going to be like, okay, you know what, whatever, I feel terrible. You could say to her, yeah, it's fine. I like the chicken. <laughs> and she's going to be like, you don't like it. Come on. No, I like it. I like the chicken. She gets the point, and you get the point. She gets the point because she knows you don't want to hurt her feelings. And that, even though she understands that you like the chicken, it's fine. Women who are listening to this, don't, don't like push your husband and say, no, you don't like it. Come on, be honest with me. Be honest with me. If you're going to say be honest with me, you really have to be prepared for the truth. You have to be prepared. So if he could say to you, Ashley, I don't like the chicken. I'd rather you make a different sauce and it doesn't hurt your feelings. Then you could say that. And there are women. The truth is, I have seen couples. There's women who are like, you know, they'll be like, no, I, I actually like, I like hearing the truth of my husband. It really does not bother me. Well, think about what area you're talking about. You're talking about food. You're talking about clothing. You're talking about weight. You're talking about personality. What are you talking about? So you have to really know yourself before you push your husband. Just tell me the truth. Tell me the truth. Sometimes, believe you me, it's better if he just says, yeah, yeah, the chicken is good. It's delicious. And he said, you get it. You get it. And he gets it. That's best. And husbands, don't leave this program right now and, and tell your wives, oh, the chicken is so delicious. And then you're leaving all the chicken on your plate. It's like, she's not stupid. I, I, we're not talking about that. We're talking about, you say, oh, the chicken is very good. Yeah, it's good. And she, but you left some in your plate? Yeah, no, it's good. Whatever. I'm not hungry. Over. She gets it. You get it. You didn't hurt her feelings. It's over. It's over. And that's it. And that's, that's the effective way. And that's the MS. That's the MS. It's not Sheker. That's what Kosh Baruch wants. As opposed to you telling, it's disgusting today. I don't like it. Why don't you make me barbecue sauce? You know I don't like barbecue sauce. Why do you do that? That's Sheker. That's, that's, that's horrible. That's horrible. That's not what Kosh Baruch wants you to do. That's not MS. Okay. Now, another thing. So now, oh, I'm so happy you didn't close the show. But I'll tell you what, because a very important piece coming here. Some of you might be thinking to yourself, oh, okay, Rebecca, you feel very interesting what you're telling me. You're telling me that many times I, 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 it's okay to cover up negativity. It's okay to cover up negativity. How about my own negativity? You hear what I'm asking you? How about my own negativity? How about when I'm doing something, you, right, <clears throat> that my wife shouldn't know? If you feel that you're doing something that, that, if your wife would find out you're doing that, that would really hurt her feelings. She would feel offended. She would feel betrayed. She would feel like you're a sneak. So what if you're doing something that your wife should not find out about it? Or at least in your mind, you feel it, your wife. And by the way, ladies, I'm talking to you too as well. Let's say you're doing something. I don't know. You're spending money of your husband's that he told you to spend for a certain thing to give for tuition, and instead you're spending it on uh, Black Friday. Okay? So, and you, you know, if your husband would find out, whatever. Oh, sorry, Greenville, Greenfield, you just said I'm allowed to cover up. I uh, shalom bias. Okay. So here's what you have to know. Here's the litmus test. Here's the litmus test. 
Whose negativity are you covering up? Are you covering up your spouse's negativity or your negativity? If you're covering up your spouse's negativity, then it's MS. If you're covering up your own negativity, now already it starts shifting over to Sheker. You hear me? Now, I'm not telling you that you should be brutally open with your husband or your wife on certain issues. I'm not telling you you should come to your husband and say to him, by the way, I just want to let you know, and this is the, the truth of the matter is, that uh, you know, the money you gave me for tuition, I should pay the school, I actually spent it on Black Friday. Don't tell him that because that's going to become a big fight. So what do you mean, Rabbi Gifle, you give me permission to lie? No, no, I'm not giving you permission to lie. You know what I'm telling you to do? Stop and fix it. You hear me? Stop and fix it. Somehow get the money for tuition and give it to the tuition and borrow money for your Black Friday. Or gentlemen, if you're doing things behind your wife's back, which you would know that if your wife would find out they would be upset at it, Here's what I'm saying to you, gentlemen. It should never have happened in the first place. You and I know that should never happen in the first place. I'm not giving you Musa, but you know I should never happen in the first place. Now, you and I also know if you're going to come to your wife and say to her, say to your wife, oh, you know where I was last night? You know where the guys hung out last night? Let me tell you, she would be very upset. And I'm not telling you you should do that either. Generally, there are exceptions. I'm not telling you you should do that either. But what I am telling you is you should do big time tshuva, big time charata, and you cut it out right now and stop it. Because what you did was wrong and what you're telling her is wrong also even though that might be the best right now for the situation if you tell your wife oh last night you know when they had a birthday party uh with the guys that uh you know they actually showed a video which was whatever it is and she would have a heart attack so maybe it's best not to tell her honestly maybe it's not best not to tell her but i will tell you one thing you better cut it out and stop it and not do it anymore ladies i'm talking to you too if you've done something that was your husband Stop it and just don't do it anymore. Now, even while I'm saying this, I'm being very, very, very careful because I know some of you are, as you're listening to me, you're thinking, what do you mean, Rabbi Greenfield? This is, whoa, 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 Rabbi Greenfield, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. If my husband is doing something behind my back, I want him to tell me. Well, let me tell you something, ladies. Let me tell you something, ladies. If your husband doing something and there's a pattern that's happening behind your back, he's doing something that's horrible, number one. And number two, the fact that he's hiding it from you is horrible. And number three, he better stop doing that. In certain situations, I agree with you, ladies. In exceptional, exceptional, exceptional situations, you really have to know what's going on. I, I, I agree. Don't get upset at me. Einstein. Certain exceptional, exceptional, exceptional stations, you have to know what's going on. You know why you have to know what's going on? Because you already know what's going on. You had to feel that your husband's doing something behind your back. And you sort of know, so you might as well just know the truth. So in that particular case, just tell me the truth and let's work it out and whatever it is. I agree. But there are many situations that, believe you me, it's just better that you don't know it wasn't him, it was his friends, he was at a birthday party, they showed this video. You're right, it was like quasi-appropriate. It's just better that he doesn't do it anymore. It's over. It doesn't give you agmas nefesh, and that's it. It's over. That's it. It's over. But the gentlemen, men who, I'm who are doing this, it's not MS. You hear me? I don't want you leaving this show and thinking, yeah, I, I don't have to tell my wife. That's the, that's the right thing to do. The right thing to do is not to tell my wife what happened last night at the birthday party. It's not, that's the right thing to do. So I'm doing Ratzon Hashem. It's MS. No, 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 no. Now you're being like Azov. I'm sorry to say, because that's devious. You're fooling yourself. You should not have done it. When you saw the opening of the video, you should shut it off. The fact that you stayed there was wrong. Now the fact that you have to tell your wife or 
untruths is also wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's W-R-O-N-G, and it's already reaching the parameter of Shekhan. You better cut it out, and you better cut it out. And sometimes, if it's a pattern that's happening over and over and over again, you have to face, you know, again, it, it's, I, I, there's no way I'm telling you here now, get of those exceptions. What those exceptions are, you want, you could text me later on. I'd be more than happy to answer your questions of what those exceptional exceptions are where you really have to open, be open with your spouse despite that it's going to hurt her feelings. There are exceptional, exceptional cases. But generally, I'm telling you, if it was a one-time incident, a one-time thing, you know, your friend gave you a cigarette and your wife knows that you don't smoke cigarettes and it was that one time, that chassan cigarette, he gave you that cigarette and you went, you washed your mouth out, it over, you're going to tell your wife, you had to deal with it. You don't smoke cigarettes. Just, just, you know, just leave it alone. Move on. Don't do it anymore. It's over. It's over. Not that it's right what you did and not that it's right that you had to lie. The fact that you had to lie is something that you caused. It's still Sheker and the whole thing is wrong. But obviously it's the best to do it at the situation. And of course there are exceptional, exceptional situations. And then finally, finally we have, we have, we have the following. And that is like this before I go. So happy you're listening to me today. Wow. It, 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 I know this is a loaded subject. It's a loaded subject, and, and there's no flat out absolute rule, but I'm trying to give you the Gadarm over here. I'm trying to give you the Gadarm. And you can text me afterwards like this Sometimes you're going to hear your spouse say something that you feel he or she is lying to you. Sometimes you're going to hear that. You hear me? I, I want it to be it's very important right now. Sometimes you're going to hear your spouse tell you something and you know they're lying to you. You know they're not. You just feel it in your heart that they're lying to you. Here's what I want to tell you. It depends what it is. If it's a statement that is just a hurtful statement, they did something to you. Let's say you, your, your, your wife says to you, uh, I don't know, you, you ask your wife, well, um, <laughs> yeah. How did I speak? Let's say you speak. They asked you to speak at the Shea Brooks. Oh, so, oh, so, so Shifra, how did I speak today? You like the way I spoke? And she says, yeah, you spoke great. And you're like, okay, obviously you didn't like the way I speak. She says, no, no, I really do. I really do. And you see she's playing games with you. She's playing games with you. You know what I'm saying? Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. And she'll tell you, no, I didn't mean that. I did mean that. And she'll say, I'm giving you an example with this lie, but I give you dozens of other examples. Dozens of other examples. You come home, you're like, oh, I'm so happy to see you. And you're like, you're so happy to see me. The way you're saying it doesn't sound like you're happy to see me. No, I'm very happy. And then she sort of switches. No, I am happy. I was looking forward for you. And they're like, but that's not the way you sounded originally when you said it. That's not what it sounded like. Listen to me. Let it go. Be mevater. But then she's going to start lying. No, I did mean it. And it's the whole back and forth. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. You could get into this silly, excuse my vernacular, stupid fight. For what? For the stupidity. Because why? Because, no, you're lying to me. You really actually meant to hurt my feelings. You actually meant to shtach me. Actually, you know, maybe she did. Be mevater like Hashem. Be mevater. If you can't be mevater like Hashem, you shouldn't be married. I, I, I'm, I'm speaking very strong. You have to be mevater, even though it's not fair. Then you have situations where your husband or your wife is lying in a way that they did something behaviorally that they're trying to cover up. If you know it's a one-time incident, you know what happened. You sort of know through a friend or this or that, but you know it's not going to happen again. You know it was a mistake, whatever it was, whether it was small, whether it was big, maybe they went somewhere, maybe they did something, maybe they didn't learn. You know, everybody's got their own level. Let it go. Just let it go. You know, they're, they're covering up for themselves. Just let it go. It's not going to happen again. If, however, it's a pattern that happens over and over and over and over again, 
and you know that he or she is not going to stop, and you feel that it's a pattern that's going on, and you feel this is an issue in your marriage, and you feel then already, then already, you're going to need to negotiate. I'm not going to tell you how to negotiate. It's a whole different class. I will tell you one thing. You don't start by saying you're a liar. You don't never start by saying you're a liar. After, the, there are two things. Number one, you give yourself a break because you're way too upset right now with your husband. You're way too upset at your wife. You must give yourself at least an hour and calm down. Take off your hang, your hats, hungry, angry, tired, or stressed. Take a deep breath and feel better about yourself, number one. And number two, you start off defending. I know that it wasn't your fault. I know that whatever it is, I know this and that, but this is becoming a problem for me. And I, 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 this is becoming a really problem for us. Let's talk about it. Again, don't base what I'm saying right now. It's a complicated issue. Thank you for listening. This has been Rabbi Yitz Greenfield. Uh, MS Marriage Family, everybody. Those of you who have questions, comments, text 917-397-2841. That's 917-397-2841. You can text me. Thank you for listening. Have an amazing, amazing Emma Sticker Week. Call to.